0: Hello everyone, this is Duncan Macklin. I am InfosecWar on Twitter and this is Cyber Speaks Live. Before we get into this episode with Joe Gray, just a little bit of an editorial note. This particular episode, as much as I have nothing but respect for Joe, uh, this episode never should have happened. Let me explain. Uh, The day after this recording was made, I was rushed to the hospital in full-blown diabetic ketoacidosis, or DKA for short, if you're interested in looking it up to see what that involves, but I was also diagnosed with bilateral pneumonia as well and spent the next week and I recovering from both of those conditions. So needless to say, this is not my most stellar conversation with a guest co-host on this show. But I had too much respect for Joe to cancel on him at the last moment and really felt the pressure on myself to push forward and do it anyhow. So if this is your first time listening to CyberSpeaks Live, I would highly encourage you to stop this episode. Go back, find any one of the prior recordings. Listen to that just so that you can get a feel of what the show is about when I am not on death's door. Uh, but also as a side note, folks, this is really a call to just let you know take time for yourself if you're not feeling well whether that's physically or mentally take that much needed time to get yourself into a much better state trust me when I say the work will be there for you when you're better Uh, with that I'm going to go ahead and drop in the unedited raw lost tapes of Joe and I's conversation I hope that all things considered, you'll still enjoy this episode.
1: Hello, and welcome to another engaging episode of Cyber Speaks Live, the InfoSec podcast recorded in front of a live online audience, giving you, the community, a voice that can be heard around the world. And now it's time for your host, Duncan McAlin.
0: Hello and good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are joining us from today. And boy, I think I've heard some folks from all the way down in Australia, four o'clock in the morning, staying up for this one. Thank you so much for your dedication and your interest in today's topic. My name's Duncan Macklin. I am InfoSecWar on Twitter, and this is another episode of Cyber Speaks Live. We have an awesome guest joining us today. He is an open source intelligence or OSINT and social engineering expert in his field. So pleased to have Joe Gray joining us. But before I get to Joe, I have a a very special guest. You know, uh, when I started this podcast series over a year ago, I used to have this opening segment that we would, we would talk about the cyber clusters of the week. And it was basically talking about the top three to five uh, cybersecurity breaches or, or incidents that had occurred during the week prior. And after a while, I started seeing this trend where it essentially it just seemed like I was victim shaming. And uh, decided I'd need to do some changes and bring a bit more positivity to the opening of the show. You know, why bring that kind of negativity and victim shaming into it? You know, it, it wasn't serving any purpose, really. So I made the commitment that we would start focusing on InfoSec nonprofits and security related events, right? You know, in-person kind of conferences and those kinds of things. So with that, we've had some really wonderful um, nonprofit organizations come on and just kind of share what their mission is. And today I've invited Adrian Korn from Trace Labs to come on and just share with us for a few minutes what he and his organization, Trace Labs, is all about. So Adrian, are you there, sir?
2: Yes, I am, and thanks so much for having me here, Duncan. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: We're honored to have you. So tell us what Trace Labs is all about.
2: Absolutely, so Trace Labs, we are a Canadian-based not-for-profit. Started up a couple years ago in 2018, and really, Our primary mission is to assist law enforcement with missing persons cases, and then our secondary mission is really training our members in the tradecraft of open source intelligence. And what we've really done with this not-for-profit is we've developed a concept around crowdsource OSINT um, to really assist law enforcement with these missing persons cases. And we kind of enact this model in two different ways. So we have our ongoing missing persons operations through our public Slack community. And we also have our CTF events that we call the missing CTF. And really the missing CTFs are where we bring together skilled hackers, investigators, and anyone interested in OSINT to crowdsource new leads on real missing persons cases.
0: These are amazing too. Uh, I've been a part of a couple of those already in the past um, six months or so. Uh, It's eye-opening, let's just put it that way. Um, When you start to get these case profiles and, and the small amount of information that you're fed about these real case scenarios and going through all of your OSINT and investigative capabilities using online resources, you know, you get so fired up, man. You know, it's like, I gotta, I gotta find this freaking person. You know, this is so important. This isn't a game. This isn't, you know, just trying to get a coin at some con, right? This Mm -hmm. is someone's life. This is a family. This is a community that's desperately trying to locate this missing person. And we're out there collectively trying to help with that effort and man, it's just awesome what you guys are
2: doing. Thanks a lot, Duncan. And we really appreciate that. And I think you really hit the nail on the head there saying that everything we're doing, it's all real. It all has an impact. And what we really saw um, in the community before TraceLabs was started is there's all these capture flag events going on at conferences where all these skilled hackers are, you know, participating in theoretical CTFs. So we said, why not take all those good skills and put it towards something real, um, real cases, real intelligence, real flags. So everything they're doing has a real impact and they're learning and being trained um, all while doing that.
0: And there is a certain competitive element, you know, because you are gathering points and capturing these flags. And, you know, you have the judges or I forget what the actual term is for those that are facilitating them. You know, they're evaluating the data sets that you're providing as, you know, examples of where this person may have, been last seen or acquaintances, social media profiles, these kinds of things, you get judged on those, right? You get points. But really it's because we have to have credible intel to turn over to law enforcement, right? And that's the ultimate goal here, am I right?
2: Exactly. And the crowdsource model kind of works on two sides. You have the people crowdsourcing OSINT in the first place. And then, like you said, with our volunteer judges, you have the people crowdsourcing the verification to ensure everything's accurate and valuable for law enforcement.
0: So how can folks get involved and where do you need help?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple ways people can get involved. Um, The first step is really going to our website, tracelabs.org, and we have a a link at the top called Join the Community. That will get you access to our Slack group. In there, we have 24 7 missing persons uh, operations going on. So you can participate in those, help crowdsource OSINT in your free time. And we also have our CTF events. Um, we're running them a lot more virtually now with um, the pandemic going on. So our next global event that we're gonna be running is gonna be happening this summer. So stay tuned for that to our Twitter and Slack and website for when that's gonna come out. Um, but those are really the two ways you can get involved. And then additionally, if you wanna be a volunteer in one of our CTFs, you can sign up to, v- to be a volunteer judge and help uh, verify all those OSINT we're getting.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us your mission and, and what you're about and how folks can get involved. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave our audience with?
2: Uh, I think we, we covered it all. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, Duncan. Really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to hearing uh, more OSIN stuff from Joe <laughs> coming up next.
0: All right. Well, thank you. And please do stick around for it. Okay. So that being said, Adrian, again, thank you so much. With that, it's time for our guest co-host, Mr. Joe Gray. Joe, are you in there? I'm here. Glad to have you, Joe. So, you know, we came up with this title for the episode of OSINT Powered Social Engineering with Joe Gray. Now, that could be a lot to unpack right there, right? Because, you know, first you have to know what OSINT actually means and stands for, and then what is social engineering. But before we get into that, let's just talk about Joe Gray. Joe, share with our audience, you know, what, what's your background? Who are you? What your what are you about and Why should folks listen to you when it comes to OSINT and social engineering?
1: So uh, I, I'm Joe Gray. Um, my background is uh, I initially, uh, as an adult, did not get into tech or InfoSec. I, I did seven years navigating submarines in the Navy. And then as I was getting out, I realized that the civilian world didn't really have a whole lot of submarines to navigate. So I started finding <clears throat> a new discipline. Uh, InfoSec is something that immediately clicked with me. So professionally, uh, I made the transition from navigating submarines to uh, assembling compliance documentation, and then moved into a more auditing role uh, in my next role. Uh, And then I did some time as a senior Unix admin. uh, And then I oversaw security on an entire government contract for a while. I was a one man security shop. Uh, Did some time consulting, uh, and the consulting consisted of uh, a wide array of things, such as uh, some compliance, some incident response, uh, in addition to a lot of social engineering, quite a bit of OSINT, some pen testing. Uh, And then uh, I did some time as a security architect, and now I'm in my current role as a senior OSINT specialist. So uh, about me, I'm very passionate uh, about all things security really, uh, but the things that I find most natural and easiest to be passionate about and something that's clicked very naturally with me would be social engineering and OSINT. Those of you who have met me in person uh, know that I have a penchant for never shutting up um, and having conversations <laughs> with, uh, with Bill Pollack uh, through the process of uh, writing this book. Um, some of the feedback that he provided uh, for my earlier written works was that it was incredibly wordy and I apologized. And he's like, don't apologize. You are a social engineer. You draw your power from your ability to talk and get other people to talk and tell you things that may or may not be in their best interest. And that's probably the best summary as to why social engineering is uh, kind of natural to me. Um, Regarding the OSINT angle, Uh, Realistically with that, I I learned very early on with regards to social engineering that better OSINT uh, gives you a more informed approach to be able to more rapidly and effectively build rapport with those who you are attempting your social engineering engagement with. And then going back, I mean, even as a teenager before the days of the uh, search engine, uh, I was a huge fan of using just a paper-based phone book to find people's phone numbers and call them. Oh, we're friends at school. Uh, I forgot to ask for your number. Oh, well, I remember you said your dad's name was such and such. So, poof, here's a cold call. Um, so something to that effect. And then, um, as I was uh, as I was early in my career, I uh, watched the movie Catch Me If You Can, uh, the yeah. story of Frank Abingale. Yeah. Uh, just and, watched it
0: last night. As a matter of fact, it was on hey, c- it, cable TV.
1: It's it's a great it's a great movie, and it really uh, talks about social engineering without saying social engineering. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, Frank really impressed me. So I started reading some of his other books, namely Stealing Your Life. And he has a few chapters. I don't recall if he specifically uses the term OSINT, but he talks about using sites like Zaba Search, which isn't what it used to be, uh, to find information uh, about some of his potential targets. And I started to grow upon that and was led into the world of the gospel of Michael Basil, uh, and then when I was running my own podcast, I had Justin Sites on, hey, you're, you're one version behind. I know, I know, but it's a good one. It, it is, it doesn't matter which, which edition you're reading, really. Uh, they're all incredibly good works. Um, and every time every time a new edition comes out, it's like trying to drink from the fire hose. Yep, um, yep. But regarding Justin Sites, I had him on my podcast because I had read Black Hat Python uh, I had bought it in a humble bundle and I had read it and I was impressed with it. So I reached out and I was like, Hey, would you like to come on my show? I thought we were going to talk about Python. He starts talking about things like Omaga and some of the work he had done on Twitter, trying to identify terrorist cells uh, using reverse image search techniques. And then he introduces the idea of uh, his website, automatingosent.com. And I was like, I've been doing this for years. I just didn't know uh, what the, uh, what it was called, the book is called Black Hat Python. He also wrote Gray Hat Python. Um, Just know that both of the books are written in Python 2. So uh, you'll have an extra level of uh, complexity if you try to compile any of the scripts to be able to uh, put things together. So
0: again, let's go back to the kind of unpacking story, but uh, actually before we do, You know, you mentioned Humble Bundle and Python, and uh, I want to be sure that the listeners that are participating in the live session here, remember to stick around to the end. We're going to be giving away a Humble Bundle that is Python themed, coming from No Starch Press, which of course is the publisher of Joe's upcoming book due to be released this fall. Now, in our social media kind of promotion of today's podcast, we talked about giving away a couple signed editions of Joe's book. And unfortunately, late yesterday, I got a email from No Starch Press talking about some of the complications of being able to do that due to the COVID situation and the handling and you know, the signing and all that. They're kind of concerned about that. And the best that they would be able to offer right now is direct shipment from the warehouse, meaning not signed. So we're probably gonna put that off to the side for now and kind of figure out something to do later on. But Joe, we'll work with you to get that right, working with No Starch Press and our listeners, okay? Sounds but good. we but we will be giving away the humble bundle that i purchased to be able to raffle off today we'll do that at the end of the broadcast so back to unpacking joe you know for the for the novice out there what exactly
1: in your definition is osint open source intelligence is intelligence Let me rephrase that. Open source intelligence is information coming from a variety of open sources, meaning they are not covert. You don't have to have uh, human assets or clandestine operations. It's none of the NSA, CIA, uh, MI5, MI6 type stuff. It's hanging out on the internet. Most of the time in public sources, there are aggregators that may require authentication. There are some paid OSINT resources. Uh, In my training, I don't go over the paid stuff so I pretty much stick to free Uh, but anyway it's gathering that information uh, which would be open source information OSINT if you will and it's analyzing it to build an intelligence context around it so that it is actionable to the to the shareholders and so that something can be done with it Uh, before OSINT collection can really even begin you have to know uh, you have to have a question that you seek to answer and that may be in the case of Trace Labs uh, with whom I have a training partnership with. Where is this missing person? What information do we have about the day they were last seen? Uh, who is this missing person affiliated with? Those are all valid questions that can be answered uh, potentially with open source intelligence. So it. I'm very passionate about data science as well. And it's kind of a dichotomy looking at the two disciplines because with data science, you get things like data warehousing and big data, which seeks to store all the data about everything. Whereas OSINT, you might want to go through that data, but in a process I call pruning, you want to actually go through and cut out all the information that is not relevant, that lacks the intelligence context so that you're only passing along things that matter. Uh, The failure to do so is akin to what I uh, call uh, the underpants gnomes theory and that comes from South Park. Uh, In the earlier seasons of South Park, they had an episode where the town was invaded by underpants gnomes and they stole everyone's underpants and then the boys of South Park met the underpants gnomes and the, the gnomes gave them a sales pitch. The sales pitch was step one, collect the underpants, step two, step three, profit. So. You can collect all that information in step one. Step three is your intelligence context. OSINT is really everything that's in step two, doing the analysis, assessing the fidelity, which is a term that during my day job, uh, we use to describe the ability to corroborate information and assess the uh, intelligence, the value of it. Uh, Because obviously, if you get something from one source, okay, there's something to it. If you're able to confirm that information using multiple sources, multiple sensors, then it has a higher fidelity that you can uh, trust it a little bit more reasonably. So uh, that's all part of the step two process, if you will. So
0: that is a very accurate, uh, albeit Uh, wordy kind of response for the average person. Let's say one of the LinkedIn, you know, uh, subscribers, I just got curious about this. Could we break it down into simplicity of just saying it's being able to get all the shit about a person or an organization that is publicly available and accessible and being able to use that for whatever, Purposes, good or evil. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's harvesting, right? It's harvesting data about an entity, and that entity could be, you know, uh, you, it could be your neighbors, it could be your company. Um, you know, in unfortunately, more often than not, this OSINT ends up being for. Evil purposes. It's being used by a lot of malicious actors that are using it for phishing attacks, spear phishing attacks, uh, to be able to, you know, use some of the social engineering techniques that you were talking about earlier that uh, Frank Abagnale was doing in you know his life. Uh, you know, and being able to obtain more and more access or more and more data to be able to continue to manipulate the process and, and gain uh, access to whatever it is they're going after. Um, but you talked about offering trainings. You talked about your partnership with Trace Labs uh you know some of your early career uh in the military and stuff what would you say what you know what career opportunities exist in osint
1: um you could honestly sales and marketing can use OSINT very heavily uh they can produce higher quality leads uh because uh Right now, what we see with a lot of sales and marketing is they just collect data in mass. They don't perform any uh, analysis on it to determine who may be the best to try to sell or market to. Uh, In addition to that, you have competitive intelligence. Uh, Of course, there's some applicability in penetration testing. Um, To some degree in attribution, it exists, even though attribution is, uh, if we wanna think of OSINT and forensics as a science, attribution to a degree is a pseudoscience. Uh, just because it's almost impossible to say definitively this is who did it because they may be using compromised hosts or what have you Uh, and then in my day job uh, basically we uh, do threat assessments on external uh, from an external perspective for clients to help them understand what risk exists uh, for them uh, that someone may be able to weaponize and it could be weaponized for the purpose of pen testing uh, or a malicious adversary a nation state something to that effect but it could also be uh because an organization may be somewhat controversial and it may be activists uh seeking to dox someone or perform some sort of espionage
0: that's interesting there's quite a few there that i i didn't really expect but i can definitely see it and as one who does a lot of uh Competitive analysis for the cybersecurity industry, I definitely take advantage of OSINT. Uh, You know, there's a lot of intelligence that I have to gather for various products or, or companies and, you know, try to use as much open source before I have to go to closed source kind of routes. And I can't talk about that side of it, but. Um, you know, when you are doing these kinds of research um, or for those, you know, let's say sales organizations or the like, you know, what process do you employ when you're researching a subject?
1: Uh, I, I really appreciate you using the, the term process because uh, one of the themes that I carry on with uh, in, in the performance of OSINT is, that it's actually not a process, it's a cycle because a process has a defined starting and stopping point and OSINT is very cyclical. Uh, The reason I say that is OSINT basically is a cycle made up of several adjacent processes that just go from one process to the next. So uh, I will start with that initial question. I will see what initial information I can get from that. Uh, The initial question will fuel the input if you will and then each process will have a defined input and output. The output of one process will be the input of another within the same cycle. And the cycle will continue until uh, basically I run out of allocated time or I answer all the questions. So uh, what I will do like for a personal perspective, like if I'm looking at a person, I immediately try to enumerate all of their usernames, all of their social media accounts, and then I look to see who they interact with most. Uh, Like, for example, in the missing person CTF, um, I've judged and I've competed. And uh, when I give training, I tell people, if you come across someone who has, say, 3,000 friends on Facebook, as tempting as it is to submit all 3,000 friends for 3,000 instances of uh, X number of points, don't do that. You want to focus on the people who they're checking in with, the people who are frequently liking, who are frequently commenting. I try to find people who are in their inner circle and friends and then I I look at family and I look at it uh, two degrees uh, vertically and uh, two degrees um, laterally, one degree um, uh, diagonally. What I mean by that is I will look at parents and grandparents, children and grandchildren, spouse, uh, siblings, and um, maybe even in-laws, maybe even as far as cousins and then I stop at aunt, uncle, niece, nephew, Uh, with the exception being if I can see that there's a unique relationship with like a great aunt or uh, a great nephew or something to that effect. Uh, From a business sense, if I'm doing uh, sin against a business, I'll try to enumerate the employees, but I also try to focus on the culture and the technologies used. So I will go and, for example, get a company's address, drop it in Instagram and see what people are posting Uh, from that geographic location on Instagram. Uh, So I can see things like what kind of phones they use, what kind of computers they use. Some people take pictures of their computer desktop so I can look and see the icons and say, oh, well, they use Adobe Reader or they use Visio. Or I might see a 10 key next to their computer and be like, okay, they work in some sort of billing or accounting department. Uh, and then from there, I try to build the uh, the context around it as to what is my end game? Is this part of a fish or is this part of um, just trying to find out information and assess risk?
0: That sounds fair. Uh, before I go on to some of the questions I have prepared for you, have you considered maybe doing a OSYNC coaching leading into one of these global CTFs for Trace Labs?
1: Uh, I kind of do that. Um, So I'm always open for questions. Anybody can reach out to me at any time with a question, and I'll give you the most honest answer I possibly can. Uh, In addition to that, uh, I... I mean, uh, I'm not
0: trying to put you on the spot here and make you... No, 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 no. No, I'm just thinking aloud.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, before each of the global competitions, I do run... Uh, numerous offerings of the missing person's training uh, at varying times through the day, through the week. Um, Right now, I don't have any current offerings of that course because I'm in the process of rewriting it. Uh, I'm moving it from a four-hour course to a six-hour course, so it'll be given in a slightly different format. Mm. Uh, I do charge for the training, but at the same time, uh, the previous cost was with the discount code uh, for four hours, it was like $68. And then twelve dollars of that actually got donated uh, to Trace Labs as well. Oh, that's nice, yeah,
0: and re- reasonable. And of course, it's not just applicable to Trace Labs; it's applicable to whatever area of, you know, InfoSec you'd like to apply it. So, are there particular tools that you like to use to assist in your
1: investigative approach? Uh, the most important tool that I use is the one that's mounted on my shoulders, um, my my brain. Uh, I know that's a cop out. Uh, that's my favorite tool to use. Uh, but in terms of other tools that I may use, uh, I'm a huge fan right now of What's My Name, written by Micah Hoffman, web breacher. Uh, that's good for enumerating usernames. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Recon NG. Uh, from a tool perspective, from a web perspective. Uh, I, I like true people search and family tree. Now, uh, I also like the Melissa data property viewer and, um, Instagram, that's probably my absolute favorites. And then, uh, if I'm doing something against a business, um, I mean, for my own vanity, I'm a huge fan of the tool that I wrote and released a little bit over a month ago called uh, Wikileaker. wiki leaker which uh, scrapes WikiLeaks for instances of a particular domain. Oh, interesting,
0: I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, that's one of the problems I found with the uh, open source intelligent techniques, at least the uh, sixth edition, which is the one that I have. Uh, A lot of the websites and resources that Michael references have gone dormant or Mm -hmm. no longer exist. So that's kinda why I wanna pick your brain there. No pun intended since that's the first one you threw at me, but uh, just looking for some of the more credible and up-to-date and uh, timely resources there. So thanks for that. Um, And I may ask you if you don't mind to shoot me that list again, so I can include it in the show notes before we put this into distribution. Yeah, so let me just ask you then, you know, you got your own book coming out and we'll get to that in just a second. But overall, what do you think of Michael Basil's book?
1: I wouldn't be where I am today without it, to be honest. Uh, A lot of of my own technique is reading how he does his things, uh, being familiar with some of the resources he uses, and then uh, what I like to call putting my own stench on it so uh I, I read how he does his things and then i apply my own spin and my own analytic techniques to it and i grow from it um so i mean uh it, anyone who comes to me and says hey what should i be reading uh that's the first thing out of my mouth period uh and then basically i say anything written by michael basil and then if you're more interested in the OSINT world i would recommend reading chris kubeka's books Uh, And then, if you're more interested in the OPSEC world, then you may also want to uh, read um, Justin Carroll's ComSec book as well. Okay, now
0: that one's new to me, so I'm definitely going to have to check that one out. Uh, Yeah, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants, right? You know, why reinvent the wheel when you already have volumes of, of credible, mountable data? right there at your fingertips. So I appreciate your humility in that respect. So, you know, your book. um, First, when can we expect it? I'm Uh, hearing Late Fall. uh,
1: According to Amazon's website, uh, and I'm going to share a pre-order link that uh, I've got. It's a redirect domain. Um, So... um, I'm sharing it in the chat right now. It is Uh That will take you directly to the Amazon preorder page. According to Amazon, its release date is 13 October.
0: Okay, great. Uh, just a little FYI, I've been, you know, continue on, do what you'd like, but I'm hearing a lot of companies are blocking XYZ domains. You may want to reconsider that one and they're getting blocked at a lot of different layers. So I, I yeah. noticed that when I saw your link and I was like, uh, should I tell them or it, not? But-
1: uh, It's just for uh, uh, quite um, quite literally, I only use it for redirects. And then in the book, I use it for, um, as opposed to using like Bitly or something to that effect. Um, so um, it, it's that's not the primary, like, honestly, I only did that for Bitly, but I totally understand where you're going with that as well. Um, but yeah, uh, and then honestly, uh, with that, you can always go and uh, put it in a redirect uh, website, and it'll eventually get you to the Amazon. Or or you could just go to Amazon and search for practical social engineering or just Joe Gray. You can find it either way that way as well. Yeah, cool. Um, it's on so- right well, I was gonna say it's on your Twitter, but your Twitter is at XYZ.
0: You know, I'll share with you a open source project that I'm using right now for URL shortening. It literally took me 10 minutes to set it up on my own domain. I'll share it with you offline. Sounds uh, good, thank you. Yeah, uh, okay, so your book though, it's not OSINT titled, it's Social Engineering, Practical Social Engineering by Joe Gray. So, explain the transition or where one plays into the other, and the whole topic of this episode is OSINT-powered social engineering. So, how do we get there, man?
1: So, um, to explain the breakdown of the book, it's broken into three sections. Uh, section one is all fundamentals. Section two is uh, defensive and, or I'm sorry, offensive. Section three is defensive. So, within each section, I basically break it out. Uh, Section one talks about ethics. It talks about the basics of social engineering. So Dr. Cialdini's principles of persuasion, uh, building rapport, influence versus manipulation. And then it starts talking about the basics of OSINT. This is what OSINT is, this is what OSINT isn't. These are the goals of OSINT. And then in the second section, I actually provide some tutorials and some gotchas that I have used uh, to collect uh, OSINT uh, on various types of organizations and targets uh, and then I also talk through here's how you do a successful vishing engagement, here's how you leverage this information that you collected via OSINT to be able to strike that nerve with someone when you have them on the phone Um, Whether it be in a semi soundproof box on a stage in Las Vegas uh, or in Orlando or in Quebec City in a competition or whether it be behind uh, the closed door of your office while you're doing it as a professional engagement. Uh, So with that being said, uh, I I frame it from that perspective, I frame it uh, from the perspective of you're trying to do phishing, here's how you gather some information on an organization to be able to uh, immediately have that credibility and build rapport with the employees so that you're able to, uh, like for example, if you were targeting say Kroger or Walmart uh, as your target, they don't use the term employee, neither organization does. Basically, they use the term associate. That's something you can find via OSINT. If you were to send a phishing email to employees, see what I did there, of Kroger or Walmart, and you use the term employee, it's already dead in the water. Whereas if you use the term associate, then you have a higher probability of someone actually falling victim to it. And then the final section of the book talks about defensive uh, things with it. So, uh, a little bit about OPSEC, a little bit about data minimization, but then also integrating with things like your awareness programs, your incident response programs, uh, SPF, DCHEM, DMARC, uh, et cetera. So throughout, throughout the whole book, I'm basically, inter- I, I talk about OSINT for a bit, and then I shift over to social engineering and explain how to use those OSINT concepts from the previous chapter in your social engineering engagement to do it a little bit better.
0: Okay. So I know you have some training planned coming up in early June for LA Con, right? Or Layer 8 Conference. What do you plan to cover there?
1: Uh, I'm going to be covering both business and people who sent. So uh, it's going to be pretty much three hours of each. And then I'm going to be putting together a CTF. It won't be a missing person CTF but it will cover the concepts discussed in the course. Uh, I'm purposely being vague with that. Uh, The last two hours (laughs) of it will be, exactly. I I can't have people collecting OSINT about my CTF that's covering OSINT, (laughs) Um, but uh, basically it's going to cover uh, concepts within the course and uh, there'll be prizes for at least first and second place, probably for second and third. Um, But it'll be a little bit more, Uh, advanced than what I typically cover. I'm not going to spend as much time on the basics in the course for layer eight as I do my online courses with the Ascension. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit quicker to the matter. So there will be uh, definitely things that haven't been covered in previous courses in it.
0: So how do folks get engaged or enrolled in the training there?
1: Uh, For layer eight, just uh, take, I've shared uh, links on my Twitter. So uh, they're on my Twitter. uh, They're on layer eight's Twitter and workshop cons Twitter. Um, They're handling everything through Eventbrite. Um, I forget what the total cost is right now uh, because we're at the late pricing, which I think before the discount code, it's like 550. And then there's a 20% discount code flying around. Uh, If you want to attend the virtual training, Just uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter or an email, and I'll get the coupon code for you. Okay, and uh,
0: can you go ahead and pop your Twitter ID into the chat so folks know how to? I know it's a CP C3P Joe. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Um. Okay, so before we wrap it up here. do you have any just general OSINT challenges that you would recommend for our listeners to kind of develop their own trade craft in OSINT and OSINT and maybe even some social engineering challenges. I I don't mean like, you know, capture the flags, just ways Mm -hmm. that they can build up their skills and continue to evolve.
1: So uh, what I typically do is uh, I'm in several private Facebook groups with a lot of people I've never met in real life. So I don't know a whole lot about them. So what I'll do periodically is I will offer what I call the privacy checkup. And I solicit people, Uh, I'm like, hey, if anyone wants me to go snooping on you, uh, I will take X number of hours, I will snoop on you, I will share with you everything I find, links to it, and how to remove it if you choose to remove it. And and then I just basically throw the kitchen sink at them uh, within reason. And then that's one way. Another way is to do the same on your family uh, because for things in your family, you're able to understand their threat model. And in that same lens, you're able to actually help them enhance their security if they're interested. Uh, if you wanna look at business stuff, I would recommend uh, going uh, to um, socialengineer.org's website uh, and look at uh, the flags that uh, Chris Hadnagy uses for the Yeah. Uh, the reason I say that is because it's a really good working list of questions that you could ask in advance of a social engineering engagement. Uh, look at those, there's about 35 of those flags. Just choose a publicly traded company and see if you can find that information. Uh, it won't hurt you to do it. Um, just know that it, proper OSINT should not be detectable. So you're not using NMAP, you're not using uh, Nessus, Metasploit, or anything like that. Uh, anything that you're interacting directly with a company's website, like I'm a huge fan of going through their career posts, You should look like um, a regular user. So um, scraping with Twitter, or I'm sorry, scraping with Python might not be the best idea. Uh, And then of course, uh, take steps for your own OPSEC. Uh, Be a student of the game. Uh, Read anything you can get your hands on. I try to write about OSINT every now and then. Uh, OSINT Curious is a really good resource for that. There's a lot of stuff on Medium. Um, If you search for the word OSINT on Twitter, you'll find Um, an ample amount of information as well Uh, most of it is pretty good Um, you know occasionally you get some bad data but uh, that's to be expected and then just be like I said be a student of the game continue to look for things for your friends and your family make sure you have consent don't like just pop up and be a creep about it Um, but make sure you have that information uh, collect it and try to help people and then uh, in other uh, times, if you want to get better for the purpose of like the Trace Labs competitions, join the Trace Labs Slack and uh, work on uh, their ongoing um, cases. You don't get points in a competition for it, but the thing you do get is experience. Yeah.
0: And please, folks, if you do have a, a curious mindset for this type of technology, if you want to get more involved in OSINT, um, t- help Trace Labs spend the cycles and put your efforts in that direction. It's going to help you hone your skills. It's going to help you become a better uh, InfoSec professional, and you're going to be doing good for this world. Um, So I can't stress that enough. I am such a huge fan of what they're doing. But you were talking about basically – uh unearthing the dirt about your family and friends and and using them as targets uh I, I thought it was funny one of the uh, comments from Rick says his family hates it when he does this so
1: I know. totally I, I totally understand that so here a, f- a fun fact with me is I actually share my name with my estranged dad uh, we don't really have a whole lot to do with each other but we are... Also, uh, huge fans of disinformation. So we have kind of an unwritten gentleman's agreement that we purposely just put stuff out to muddy the waters and we play off of each other, even though we don't talk to each other. Uh, So, you know, family, you know, you can love them or hate them, but sometimes it it works out as well. Um, And also on the topic of trace labs, not to take away from trace labs, but there are other OSINT adjacent nonprofits uh, if you want to get involved with OSINT in other ways as well. Uh, you have uh, Operation Safe Escape that seeks to help uh, domestic violence victims get out and stay out. They have a huge OSINT element. Uh, you also have a National Child Protection Task Force, um, which is more law enforcement and district attorney aligned, but uh, they always need help as well. Full disclosure, I'm on advisory boards for both of those. You have things like the Badass Army battling against uh, abusive and demeaning selfie sharing. Um, various organizations so depending on what you're trying to do with your OSINT um you know it it never hurts to look at what you can can you can do with trace labs and then possibly look at another organization that you may be able to donate some time to and then you can get better at that craft and come back and be even more effective with trace labs as well
0: yeah and actually uh Elle who's online and helping us as one of the uh moderators here She's actually the community architect for, um,
1: Operation Safe Escape. <laughs> thank you. I, 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 I was gonna say, I recognized, I recognized her avatar from one of the uh, previous Safe Escape meetings I've been in. Yeah, Elle's a
0: great friend and just a huge uh, community proponent and, and does a lot of work with them and uh, Chris Cox, who actually they're going to be our next um non-profit profile for our next episode so
1: ah if you don't have a guest for that i've got the perfect suggestion for you i'll talk to you offline about uh, i think chris cox
0: is going to be coming on and oh, there you go handling it so uh along with Elle, of course because she's their community architect and likes to yeah, you know, share the message about what they're doing so El, I know we've got a lot of stuff going on in the Q and A right now. I, I did notice one that I want to bring in, uh, Dennis. If you don't mind, uh, since you did consent to go ahead and come on and ask your question in person, I'm uh hopefully allowing you to talk now, so you should be able to, Hello. Dennis sir. Uh- are you there? Yes. So why don't you ask your question? I thought it was pretty interesting.
1: So my question, Joe, is that I'm looking for different alternatives to such like uh, my pseudo app, which uh, Mike Basil uh, talks a lot about in a lot of his books in his previous podcast, uh, to create an alternative phone number when you're doing some of your social engineering investigations. Um, and the work that I've done in the past, I find that, I used Google voice for the longest time, but I'm finding that that number, uh, because of these um, restrictions, when you start using, you have to uh, use a phone number for any of your like input and stuff and all that, that the Google voice numbers are just no longer working, like say with like Facebook or anything like that, where it requires a phone number. And obviously you don't want to give your real phone number. Um, My -hmm. pseudo app obviously costs money. I just didn't know if you had any alternatives or if you do directly recommend something like my pseudo app when conducting social engineering. Uh, investigations. I love my pseudo uh, to be entirely honest uh, depending on what your threat profile is <clears throat> you may also be able to use something like say grasshopper uh, another thing you could potentially do is uh, you could go and buy a really cheap Android phone uh, to get the SIM card with it uh, for some things you may be able to run an Android emulator within a computer to be able to do this. Um, For some of the social engineering stuff I do, like with my SOC accounts, I've had most of them for years, Uh, and I draw a line with my social engineering at, I don't send friend requests, I don't interact, any of that, uh, because someone's social media account is theirs, you know my employer has no authority to authorize someone to attempt to penetrate, to do a pen test on my personal social media. So uh, in that, from that vein though, if I were going to be doing like say vishing, I'm a huge fan of the app called Spoof Card. It's about a dollar a minute, uh, but it's uh, very powerful, works really well. You can do some spoof texting with it as well, but uh, there's a few gotchas that'll actually give away your actual phone number as well. So. In terms of registering for like Facebook accounts and stuff like that, I would stick with an Android emulator or just go to the gas station, buy a $20 Android phone, do it, and then you can go buy another SIM for it later and do the same thing and just continue that route. It's a little bit pricier, but uh, Facebook does not really care for my pseudo numbers. They don't, do, they don't do well with Google Voice numbers, so I understand your frustration with that.
0: So, Joe, I'm going to jump in here because this is actually something that Elle and I had discussed on her podcast uh, maybe six, eight weeks ago. And, Elle, by the way, um, my sudo has just dropped for Android, so you'll be happy to hear that. But in addition, for those that are Android users, there's Phoner and Burner that will work as well. but i too am a huge fan of my pseudo i i have their i think it's max plan with like nine uh pseudo cards that i've generated and i use them Mm -hmm. for various purposes uh personal professional global numbers those kinds of things and uh it's a game-changing life-saving app i personally don't know why anyone wouldn't want to spend the money. It's cheap enough uh, versus the risk reward scenario. So give it some hard consideration before you go looking for something else. Cause it is a tried and true product that goes through a lot of scrutiny and validation. So, you know, your mileage may vary, but I've been very pleased with it thus far.
1: Yeah, uh, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. In fact, uh, the last in-person conference that I attended was B-Sides Tampa. And uh, the night before the conference, there was a few uh, network uh, network, um, marketers hanging around the uh, hotel trying to hustle people. And uh, I got cornered by one. And I didn't want to be rude because the guy had obviously been drinking. I didn't want to run into a situation where it may escalate so uh i was like oh i just got a new phone let me get my number what did i do i unlocked my phone opened my pseudo, gave him a number i even sent him a text message from it and then i immediately deleted the number when i got back to my room so works really well for de-escalating situations like that um if you're doing transactional sales like say on craigslist or facebook marketplace you don't want to give up your real number there it's great for that uh, I will say that the last time I tried to create a fake Facebook account, uh, Facebook was not a fan and they went as far as to ask me for a driver's license to which I clicked the uh, red icon in the top of the screen.
0: Uh, screw Facebook. I, <laughs>
1: I have no love for Facebook at all. Um,
0: They're a necessary evil. I know. I know. And you know, that does bring up a good question and maybe we're coming right at the top of the hour. Um, uh Sharon L, are there any good questions that you see in the chat that we need to bring up before I ask this one of uh, myself to to Joe?
1: I actually have one of my own. If you know the people, you keep talking about doing social engineering to track our families as you know practice, but what advice can we give our families to remove information that's already out there? Decepticon. Um, Decepticon is my uh, my framework for uh, OPSEC and basically I recommend uh, a lot of disinformation and deception Um, there are three books I would recommend reading for that in fact actually I'm gonna bump that up to five Uh, so um, ComSec by Justin Carroll Uh, I apologize it's only four books Uh, Michael Basil's Extreme Privacy. The second edition of that book is dropping on June 2nd. I just saw him tweet about it yesterday. Uh, And then he also, actually there is five. The other would be Hiding from the Internet, uh, another Michael Basil book. And then the Complete Privacy and Security Desk References Volumes 1 and 2. So... Uh, basically everything Michael Basil and Justin Carroll, which Justin Carroll actually, I've not listened to Michael's podcast in some time, but the last time I did listen, he was the co-host of Michael Basil's podcast. Um, If you want to do heavy reading, that's the route I would go. Uh, I'm not going to confirm or deny that I have uh, plans for books numbers two, three, four, and five uh, underway. Uh, And what I mean is I'm not confirming anything Um, and one of them may or may not be about OPSEC, but that would be at least probably a year to two years out. Uh, there are a lot of really good talks on the topic out there as well. Um, search terms I would use, of course, use the term Decepticon. You'll find uh, the talks that I gave on it. Uh, I gave a version Um, at B-Sides Nova 2018, I recall. Uh, And then I gave a few talks uh, of an enhanced version of Decepticon last year uh, at the Recon Village at DEFCON, the Diana Initiative, and at QueerCon. I think the Diana Initiative and Recon Village were recorded. I'm not sure about that, but I think I may have given it elsewhere as well. Uh, You could also search for the term anti-OSINT or counter-OSINT. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. So, Joe, the
0: question I had, and I know we're two minutes over, but we did start about 11 minutes late. Uh, Sock puppet. What do you recommend there for conducting your OSINT gathering, especially on social media sites? Do you have any
1: tips, tricks, anything you'd recommend? Um, with SOC, uh, honestly, it's hit or miss. Uh, a lot of my sock accounts have been around for years before Facebook uh, and other media platforms really started to crack down on it. Uh, what you can do uh, is create one as a business, especially with Instagram. So just make up some fake business and create an Instagram for it. Uh, With Facebook accounts, uh, I tend to try to use things like landscapes or screenshots from movies as my profile pictures. Uh, And then what I do to get friends, because my policy is I will not befriend anybody that I actually know uh, or that I'm actually a friend with, uh, because uh, I've actually found people uh, in the past uh, by looking at uh, the friends they have in common. So what I do is I find very polarizing posts put out by the media and not like my local media but might be say your local media duncan and then from there i will post something very polarizing one way or another um just to get people to agree with me or disagree and then what happens as is as they agree you start getting friend requests and rule number one of improv applies don't say no the only time i say no is if i actually know the person linkedin uh kind of the same thing but um, honestly with Facebook, the worst thing that can happen if you don't use a SOC account is you can end up in their algorithm, um, from viewing their stuff that you might show up in people they may know. That's kind of the worst case there. Twitter, there's not a whole lot of threat. Uh, the biggest threat honestly is LinkedIn, uh, and LinkedIn premium. Um, unless you're trying to interact with the accounts, if you're trying to interact, then it, that changes the game a little bit and you certainly do need socks for that um but yeah, if you're LinkedIn's going to do a, per- a tough one yeah um but well with linkedin honestly i've not had many problems with it uh i when i was competing in the osint ctf at derbycon uh, at the final derbycon um i found that i was connected to one of the targets on linkedin so what i ended up doing was um i just created a fake linkedin right on the fly and when the CTF was over, my uh, Signal account had been blown up because uh, I used uh, an email address that several people had in their contact book because I wasn't trying to be stealthy with it. And they're like, hey, someone created a LinkedIn from this email address, was that you? And I, and I ended up having to say, yeah, I, I totally did. And here's why, uh, just so that I could you know, maintain the rules of the, the competition and not use anything privileged that I would see from being connected to someone. Yeah, I hear you.
0: Okay, well, we're coming up, well, we're five minutes after the hour. It's been an absolutely fabulous and and eye-opening dialogue with you, Joe. I really appreciate your time and coming on the show and sharing your experience and wisdom with our listeners. Any pardon sentiments you want to let out?
1: Absolutely. Uh, So with OSINT, There's no silver bullet for it. Uh, The way I do it is going to be different than the way that Adrian does it, which is going to be different than the way that Robert Sell does it, that Ginsburg does it, that Leith does it, that Chris Hadnagy, that Michael Basil does it. Everybody's going to do it differently. Um, I say go off and read all the write-ups you can about tools. Uh, Get familiar with as many tools as possible. Some tools you're going to really love and you're going to get a lot out of. Some, not so much. Like for me, for example, I don't touch Maltigo. Um, And... Just get that down. But the most important things in OSINT is the analytic mind. So when I teach my courses, I try to impart upon you the analytic mindset more so than the use of tools. I show you some tools, but it's more or less the analytic mindset because here's the thing. I can't, I can only teach you so much analysis. You have to develop the rest yourself. I can't teach you passion and I can't teach you work work ethic. If you have those three things, nothing can stand in your way in the world of OSINT.
0: I would say nothing can stand in your way in general, right I mean those, I, I are just, those are core ethical values, and you know the number one premise of my organization we have three pillars that we stand on the very first is ethics first right because that's what drives everything else and what we do so definitely agree with you there. Thank you so much um. Joe, just once more, if you don't mind sharing with folks that do have questions or want to follow up with you, uh, want to follow you, how can they get in touch with you, sir,
1: online? Um, my Twitter handle is C underscore 3 My website is theocension.com. It's spelled OSINT-ION. Um, and then uh, there's a Twitter for that. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn at Joe Gray InfoSec and uh, just reach out to me on any platform. Uh, I have a mailing list, if, you, if you're interested in that, just shoot me a DM on Twitter, I'll give you a link. Um, I pretty much announce training and um, appearances on podcasts such as this one uh, on it. Um, so I try not to spam people with it. Um, I've got a pretty intense training and speaking schedule coming up. I'm, I'm looking at my dry erase board now. Uh, about 20% of my dry erase board is nothing but virtual talks and uh, trainings. Uh, a lot's coming up. Uh, I won't go down the entire list. Uh, most of it will be digital. Uh, so just, uh, keep an eye out on my social media. Um, and then any of the various Slack channels I may be in with you. Um, there's a good chance I would probably spam those as well.
0: All right. Yeah. It sounds like everything is kind of going virtual these days and yeah, at for least until good- September. Yeah, for good cause. You know, it's funny because two years ago, I was trying to do a uh, virtual cybersecurity conference called The Cyber Summit, and that's actually how you and I first crossed paths. Exactly. And you were going to be one of the uh, speakers for it, and, you know, just couldn't get everybody on board with the concept of doing a cybersecurity conference online. It, It was just... I guess ahead of its time but now it's like that's what everybody's doing because we have no alternative. so maybe i should fire that back up who knows uh joe again thank you by the way i just want to make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with trace labs you can hit them up on twitter at trace labs uh, or the at symbol trace labs and Joe, do you know their website is it just tracelabs.org or
1: yeah, tracelabs.org and they're also on uh LinkedIn at tracelabs as well. Okay, just want to make sure we gave them some love as well. So
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Uh let's not forget the uh humble bundle and uh the books. Oh, yes, absolutely.
0: Thank you so much for reminding me. Uh the books, like I said, we're going to we're going to put that off for now until we figure out a uh,
1: good alternative if you, if they want to do the direct mailing uh what i can do is um if uh if the person is near anywhere that i eventually travel to because i do maintain a pretty intense travel schedule when we're not in a global pandemic uh i will personally sign the book that way uh or uh if you want uh, contact me and we can work something out uh i can take uh precautions and sign from home if you're willing to accept that risk uh, and we can work something out that way But it's totally up to uh, to you all
0: uh, What do you want to do, Joe? This is your your show
1: um, I'll leave it up to the uh, attendees uh, I'm very flexible I, I don't do yoga, but I watched a yoga video once So I feel like I'm pretty flexible about things
0: <laughs> Okay, um, if you want to ship direct from you i can do that that's fine
1: assuming Uh, the person is comfortable giving someone who's very savvy with OSINT their mailing address
0: (laughs) exactly that is conditioned so if you want the book that's the price you're going to pay it's a risk reward situation folks uh I publish a lot of my personal details and professional information on LinkedIn because it is a risk-reward scenario. I don't give a shit. The stuff's already out there. People can find out what they want to about me, but uh, it's risk-reward. So I'm going to first handle the Humble Bundle because that's what I can manage right now what i do is use random.org right now we have 28 participants that have stuck around to the end so my minimum number is one my maximum number is 28 i hit generate the number is 12. now i am going to go down the list from top to bottom and count to 12. so one two three four five six seven eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. Aaron Wickersham. Aaron, if you are still there, I'm going to bring you in to talk. You're allowed to talk. Can you say hi to our other participants?
2: Hi everyone, thank you, that's you
0: awesome. Are, you are a winner. So Aaron, if you provided a valid email address when you registered, yeah. I will hit you up offline and send you that uh, gift code from okay. Hundle Bundle. This is a 14 book edition, all focused on Python. So, oh,
2: nice, okay.
0: Hopefully you will oh. enjoy that.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you. For <laughs> really good bundle. Us. I
1: actually just bought it myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bought a couple actually. One's for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you, Aaron. Yeah, thank you. And I'm going to... Okay, she's back on mute. Okay, so I guess that brings us to two winners. Is that what we want to do, Joe, for the books? Let's,
1: let's make it three. I'm feeling charitable today.
0: Oh, okay. I'm gonna try to get through this as quick as I can. Let me hop back over here. So I'm still gonna do one through 28, but Aaron's no longer eligible. Number is seven, thank goodness. I don't have to count as far. So going back to our participants list and I am 86 in the phone in because I have no idea how to reach that. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Andrew F., if you are still in the audience, you're allowed to talk. Want to say hi? Can you hear me? I can, yes. Andrew. It's a, it's a lot of background noise, but we can hear you. How you doing? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a server. I'm around. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So, Andrew, did you give a valid email address when you registered?
2: I did, indeed.
0: All right. Awesome. So, Andrew F., we will be in touch with you as well. And we'll uh, coordinate directly with Joe. I don't want to be involved in this process. I don't want your physical address. Who knows what I'll end up doing with it, you know? But uh, we'll get your information over to Joe and let him get that over to you. Thank you for joining us and you have a great rest of your week. Thank you. All right. So that takes care of Andrew. Next one. Number four. Getting even better. So Andrew's out. One, two. Th- Aaron's out. Three, four. Aleith Dennis. I believe? Yes. Oh. Aleth, are you there?
1: Hi, yes, this is Aleth, how are you?
0: Doing great, so glad to have you here.
1: I, I've actually pre-ordered Joe's book already. Oh, you did? Full disclosure, Aleth is actually <laughs> on uh, my TraceLab CTF team, the password inspection agency. Yeah, so I would actually love to bounce this from uh, this sign a copy from Joe to the next participant, if I can be so generous.
0: Okay, that would be with Andrew being disqualified, because he's already won, Dennis McCarthy. Dennis, are you there? Yes, I am. Excellent. Dennis uh, asked one of our questions earlier, and if I recall correctly, he's a uh, outstanding member of law enforcement as well. Is that correct, sir? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, service to our communities. I'm a former Leo myself, so I know what you're challenged with and yeah, he actually gave out some love in the chat to the work that Trace Labs does to help with uh, these missing persons. So I appreciate that as well, Dennis. So really privileged to have you on here today. And if I'm not mistaken, weren't you recommended to join this by a uh, connection on LinkedIn all the way down in Australia? Yeah, from the land down under, a young lady named Charlotte. Yeah, that's right. I remember seeing that. So, thank you for making the time and, and joining us here. It's been a a privilege. So, I'll get your information. You did give us a correct email address, right? Yes, sir. All right, awesome. I'll share that over with Joe and let him, you know, connect the dots and be sure when the book is gone to print that you get that signed edition, sir. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you being on today. Okay, Joe, last one, right? Yes. All right. And, Elise, thank you. That was so cool of you. You're a good-hearted person.
1: Absolutely. It's my
0: pleasure. (laughs) All right. The number is nine. So I am now one. I need to write down one more bit of information before I... Okay, the number is nine. Nine is the number. So, uh, hold on. I'm getting a little confused with who's been eliminated. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight, nine. Frankie Rodriguez. Frankie, are you there? Frankie. I think Frankie went to Hollywood.
1: I think so, too.
0: Oh, he's
1: going to be so Oh, He says he's here in the chat. Oh, he is. Okay.
0: Frankie, did you give us a good email address? All right. Excellent. Excellent. I will pass it on to our man Joe. I assume uh, technical capabilities are keeping him from being able to come in, but no worries. We'll uh, still take care of you, Frankie. Appreciate you hanging on to the end. Congratulations. You'll be the uh, last of the Mohicans getting Joe's signed edition of Practical Social Engineering. And remember, folks, go on to uh, Joe's Twitter, hit that link to be able to hit the pre order if you did not win. And go ahead and uh, get that into your cart now you'll be pleased, I'm sure. Joe, thank you so much for your commitment and showing up here today and sharing your intel with our folks. And uh, look forward to following your career developments and everything that's going on in your life, man. I I really like what you're doing out there, sir.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And thanks everyone for taking time out of your day to uh, come and sit and uh, listen to me talk about something I'm very passionate about. Uh, and a uh, uh, special shout out to Charlotte because I do know it's four actually now 5 a.m. Uh, where you are in Australia. So uh, thanks for uh, being the champion uh, for uh, things like this.
0: Absolutely. That is total commitment right there. All right, guys, this is Duncan Macklin. I am War on Twitter This is another edition of Cyber Speaks Live in the books. I hope you'll join us for the next episode. Thank you and have a wonderful day.
2: Thank you for joining us on
1: this episode of Cyber Speaks Live. Remember to visit our blog at cyberspeaks.com to sign up for our newsletter of upcoming episodes and special guest co-hosts. If you'd like to be a guest co-host or sponsor the show, please email us at speakup at cyberspeaks.com. That's all for this week. And as always, stay safe and secure out there.